This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show! Well, hey there, families, and welcome to today's episode. Tara and I are so pumped because we have one of our most favorite humans on the planet on our podcast today that we're interviewing, Dan Civils. Um, Dan is a dear friend of ours who is really involved in the Your Infinite Life organization that we talk to you guys a lot about. Dan is a senior instructor um, with that organization. And it doesn't also- mean he's old, it just means he's really good at it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. both. Yeah. And he's just an incredible life coach that helps so many people um, just really create um the life that they want. And we're just so honored um, that you're here with us today. Dan, welcome. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I, it is a pleasure to be here. And I am both a senior and a senior <laughs> instructor. So, <laughs> Awesome. Well, I know we are going to have so much fun today. Um, in addition to Dan being just an incredible life coach and an instructor, he's um, I swear, Dan, you could have been like a stand-up comedian. Did you ever think about pursuing that? I would have uh, had I had the maturity that I've had in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> or was that what your courtroom was like? And I'm sure we'll get to that later. <laughs> yes. Well, I will say if you could make uh, a judge or jury laugh, you were doing well. So, yeah, I tried that a lot. Nice. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Okay, well, today, families, we are going to talk about the subject of resistance, and I think resistance is something that we all either have in our lives or encounter in our lives, but today we're going to talk specifically around what can you do with resistance um, when it comes to just not, just, just kind of having this blocked viewpoint of learning. So if you're feeling resistant around learning something new, whether it's positive parenting curriculum or some life coaching support, or maybe it's someone that you love, like your spouse or, you know, your family that's just super resistant to learning and opening up and learning, or, you know, um, experiencing something new or change. Um, so we're going to kind of look at it in that lens today. And so um, the four points we're going to we're going to talk about is specifically Dan's going to get us give us some great guidance around, like I said, if it's you that's experiencing the resistance. Um, number two, we're going to talk about if it's someone that you love. And then number three, we're going to talk about how um, it's important to have a paradigm shift of it's not always about them. It's actually about you. <laughs> and then um, number four, we're going to talk about how opening up and being in learning can really uh, positively positively affect all areas of your life. Um, so, but first, Dan, I want to give you a proper introduction. So I'm going to pass the mic to you. Will you tell us a little bit about 
your story and how you became a life coach, how you became an instructor of the beautiful work that you teach. I know um, for Terry and I specifically, we've both been in um, many course rooms with you um, during weekend courses with Your Infinite Life. We've also had many phone calls with you where you've mentored and helped us and you've literally helped change our life in the most magnificent way, Dan, and and we just adore you. But I want you to give yourself a proper um, introduction. Tell us all about you, your story, how you found this work, how you became a teacher, because your story is awesome. Well, thank you so much. I adore you guys too. All right. So I'll start with I was born I'm just kidding. I won't start. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I wanted to be a lawyer all my life for all the right reasons. I looked at being a lawyer as fighting for justice. So I, in kindergarten, I, I had written down baseball player, astronaut, and lawyer. Um, no. <laughs> so I knew, I wanted to be a lawyer, and I loved practicing law, but there came a time I was probably um, about eight years in, and I just wanted to do some other types of growth work. So I started to do a lot of adventure trips and a lot of uh, really out-of-the-box kind of things, and I ended up in a course room um, that is now Your Infinite Life, and it the effect it had on me was I just was happier and I was better at everything I did. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to continue to do this. Um, and I'm probably the poster child for resistance because the, the, uh, there were two courses I took. And the, second, the first one was, was in, it, crazy life-changing. And the second one is, was really where I learned how I was getting in my own way. And I got so mad during the course um, – I left and I stomped on the cassette tapes. Cassette tapes is what they gave back then in front of everyone um, like I was about eight, except I was not because I hopped in my car. Then sped away and I didn't talk to anybody for a year. And it, it and it, I was mad and I was mad not at, at what I learned. I was mad because I discovered some of the very things I liked most about myself, I was using in a way to keep people at a distance. Mm. And I thought before I was going to be okay with, with myself that I would change. And what I learned uh, about resistance was if you want to change, you've got to accept yourself as you are first. Um, so I, I, I tried it my way. It took what would have taken me an hour and a half, <laughs> took me a year. Um, and so when I meet people in resistance in the cor- course room, nobody has ever resisted as hard as I did. And so it's something that I'm really easy. Um, it's easy for me to deal with because because I get it so much. Yeah. Um, but I started to then instruct really uh, as a hobby. It's the thing I did that I loved. And then about a decade in, um, I had an opportunity because my son was old enough that I could I could bow out of law. I did that all together. I still practice a little law, but it's certainly not my career. And I do this full time, you know, so I'll teach courses um, in a courtroom. And then I, a lot of what I do is just talk to people on the, on the phone or in person. And it's all life coaching. um, And I don't think I've 
ever had a client that wasn't working on something important that didn't experience resistance in some way. Um, so um, I'm an expert on resistance. I promise not to do that in this conversation, though. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Don't I stomp love... on anything. Dude. I, you won't hear it because I've got awesome headphones that'll block out my tantrums. So. <laughs> I love that story so much. It's just like it's the best ever. And then to have you come back and be literally one of the best instructors I've ever experienced, you know, growth with in my life is just so so amazing. All right, cool. So, um, all right, so let's, I know we just, we could ask you a million questions and could talk for hours, but I'm going to try to keep us on track today. So let's start with number one. And if you could just kind of give us your thoughts and guidance on each of these little subtopics that I'm going to bring up here. So, um, you know, there's two two categories that I feel like the families that we work with at Fresh Start Family often encounter. And one of them is, let's just start with the first one of, um, is, it's like, I think at all points, there is a parent will say to themselves, I'm just not willing to do that. Like, I'll open my mind and I'll learn about this or I'll learn about that, but that is just weird or that that doesn't apply. Or, um, or they kind of do the a la carte menu or they do just kind of the bare minimum. Yeah, so this first yeah. category is kind of like we all experience resistance in certain areas where we're just like, that change is too much or I'm not open to learning about that. And then the next next we're going to talk about, well, what if the change is like, you know, somebody in that you love is super resistant to change. But I think it's good for us to start off with like, we all are going to experience that. And so I remember when Terry and I were first learning um, to work with our kids in a much different way. When Stella was three, Taryn was just a baby. And we had this fiery little sassafras, little, you know, just awesome little girl. But at the time, we viewed her a lot differently. And, and our friends who we shared a nanny with would bring home this piece of paper that would say, hey, you should try, you know, to use um, encouragement versus praise. And so encouragement versus praise, you know, something we teach in the positive parenting world of like saying like, wow, you did it. Like teaching a kid to have intrinsic motivation versus the like, wow, you're such a good boy. Everything's external, right? And we, Mm -hmm, Terry and I mm -hmm. took that piece of paper and I'm pretty sure we like laughed at it, made fun of it and threw it in the trash can. We were like, yeah, right. We're not doing that because that's like, if, if we did that, like our our little girl's gonna walk all over us, you know. And here so, we thought we were pretty open minded, right? We thought yeah, we were pretty yeah. open minded. So that's like a funny little example. But I think we all, whether we're learning positive parenting curriculum or like somebody invites us to a weekend course and we've never been through that type of experience before, or someone says, "Hey, you're going through something hard." Like I have someone, you know, a guy named Dane Civils that you can talk to. Like here's his phone number, and you just feel that resistance and your feet kind of in the mud. Like no, that's not for me. I'm not doing it. No, thanks. Like, what are your, like, just, um, you know, guide points on that if, if we come across that and we feel that within ourselves? Well, I, you know, from my experience, one of the, the most common things that occurs for parents, especially when, when kids are young or even as they get older, whenever they're entering a, a new way of behaving, whether um, it's a real problem or they're just concerned, you know, parents, um, if they've grown up and they love the parents they had, one of the downsides of that is that you don't ever step back and see, oh, wow, I, I actually want to do that different. And, and the reason that some parents won't step back is they see it 
is almost a betrayal of their parents. They don't want to judge their parents. They right. understand mm-hmm. better than ever before at 3 a.m. when their child is throwing up on them with a f- fever <laughs> that, that their parents did an excellent job. A- right. and. And, and in those moments, you're looking for solid ground. And solid ground is not just intellectual, it's emotional. And, and so you've got these feelings running. And for so many parents, it makes sense then to maintain the status quo. That feels safe, even if it's ineffective. You know, people w- w- will find that. Um, for example, negative self-talk, you know, that's, uh, that's obsessive. It provides right. us, it provides us, even though it makes us miserable, it's predictable. And, and so, you know, people don't complain of, oh my gosh, I incessantly talk optimistically to myself. <laughs> and the reason why is because that uh, risks the status quo. If you're thinking optimistically, you're very likely to have some mess that's going to rise because you're going to be trying new things. Right. And, and with your kids, um, that resistance pops up and you you have this desire to maintain status quo that's not even an intellectual desire. It mm-hmm. is an emotional desire uh, in many ways. And, it, and it's about even survival in those moments where you feel like you're doing a horrible job as a parent. You, often your goal is to, to just survive. And so that resistance, it happens so naturally. And the first thing it takes is to recognize the feelings that are inside of you. The the problem with just focusing on analyzing it and thinking about it is if you have strong feelings, whether that's fear or, or anger or frustration, whatever you're feeling, when you have those strong feelings, if you're not aware of them, it's like you're walking into your file cabinet of ideas and you're only going to one of 50 file cabinets. And in that file cabinet are very valid ideas and thoughts and experiences. It's just that if you're not aware of your feelings, your brain isn't going to be creative. It's not going to remember box number 47 and go down to that file and pull those ideas out. And, and so for first and foremost, if, if a parent can just recognize the loss of serenity on the inside and just, just identify it. Am I afraid? Am I a mad? You know, what am I feeling? That alone gets your whole body on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it makes you more open uh, to hearing suggestions, probably not at 3 a.m. from your spouse. Uh, <laughs> is a, a great time to deliver the um, suggestion. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the most important things that I learned parenting that changed the way that I wanted to parent were things that I learned from someone else. And, you know, reading a book is great, but, but when you talk to someone, um, you do learn. And, and that resistance alone is such a high cost, the unwillingness to learn. We would never be okay with anyone around us being unwilling to learn. And, and the things that are the most important for us to learn are going to create some resistance. It's yes. just a, a natural things that occurs. But I do think the more that you are open 
to recognizing that in yourself and and recognizing the change that you do, the easier it is to overcome it. And, and that that um, kind of changes every time your kid reaches a new transition. When your your child is getting ready to drive, you're going to have some new fears and issues arise. So you always want to be all, on the lookout for resistance. Um, but inside, often the what will discover is the resistance is all about feelings the ideas come second and if you know that um, then it opens up the possibility for those feelings to just be felt and let go and then you can get on track that's that's rad oh Um, my gosh we just said the same thing let's chat for a hot sec openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you. But then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you can end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So Dan, I mean, it's interesting because Wendy and I talk, um, you know, off and on, but often about what's this um, stigma around 
doing self-growth work or admitting that like you weren't just born a perfect parent that knows everything or hey we figured it all out on our own or from our parents like people have a hard time um you know reaching out for help or doing something more than just you know um you know following an instagram page and and then saying yeah 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 i i do it i do that um that explains a a, a lot yeah. of it which you said about um the feeling like you might be betraying your parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, that explains a lot to me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. It, and it's, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's coming from a kind hearted place. This almost resistance is like, you want to respect them, but it, you don't want to judge them. And right. yet that judgment isn't about now, if you've grown up and you've had an unhappy um, childhood, it, it's a lot more socially acceptable, at least in a lot of people's minds, that you're, it's okay to, to judge how my parents did. But even the judgment isn't the point. The point is the judgment is to identify how I want to do it differently. Before you get to how I do, want to do it li- differently, often you'll be like, well, I don't like what my parents did. That's the part where people get caught up because they they don't want to to pass that kind of judgment. But it's really not about stopping there. It's not about our parents. Our parents did the best job they could do. Very most often they do. Of course, that's not always true. But um, in order to really raise a child in whatever time period you are, you've got to adapt. Yeah. You know, if it, 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 I, one of the things I remember with with my son was my own resistance to video games. Well, um, the difference was he didn't have the same kind of video game I did. His video game was incredibly complicated and immersive. And if he was outside playing basketball for eight hours, I'd be like, he's outside, mm-hmm. he's happy, he's healthy. And the reality is he can't play basketball. Um, and it, 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 it uh, uh, well, if you watch him, you know, he, he would tell you he's going to be a great lawyer, but he can't play basketball. Um, and, and so that idea that somehow what, what was healthy and good for us as kids is the only way to go. There's a lot of resistance around that. Oh, yeah. and, and you can't participate in the world unless you know what the world offers. So our kids don't get the same kind of world that we had. And so just on that alone, it makes sense to start looking at that inner resistance as something that's going to lead you down an ineffective trail. And most parents, that's there. They can, you know, if in moments where they can calm down and really be present, they want to be effective. And resistance will cause things to not be effective. If you resist putting gas in your car, it's an obvious problem. And it's the same thing. If you resist growth and change, there's a consequence. There's going to be a price to pay. It's, It's that simple. And that vulnerability, and when I say vulnerability, I just mean open heart, being willing to talk to another parent or to talk to a life coach or a therapist, it's going to help you be more effective. And yes. that's ultimately our goal. It's going, to, it's going to mean that you're closer 
with the people that you care about. From my own experience, letting go of resistance directly led me to more happiness. And that was a big deal. And and you really just have to focus on that resistance as giving you a message. And it's not a message about your kid. It's not a message about your spouse. It's, it's, a, it's a message about you. And awesome. if you think during the day how often you think about people you love and what they could do better for their own life, um, and then you think about your own resistance – It'll even help you have more compassion for the people in your own life you wish would change because you can find your resistance and, and, and what you say to yourself, okay, here's an area where I'm, my resistance is up. How can I possibly expect my child to, to move through resistance if I'm unwilling to? Mm, I love that. And that's our point number two. Terry, you wanted to say something yeah, before we move on? Um, I'm just interested in the, the word um, effective. And in my mind, um, effective may be different than some of the, the listeners' um, minds. And I'm interested in hearing from you, Dan, because, you know, actually this episode, because you and me are guys, we finally outweigh... Um, the the guy to girl ratio on this podcast for once. So there might actually be more dads listening. And I think a lot of dads may listen to that word effective and swap out the word compliance or, oh, this works. Do this and it equals this. To me, the the word effective means we're going to have better relationships over the long term and we're going to have a more fulfilling life together in relationship to one another. So I'd, I'd be interested to hear what are your thoughts around that word when you say effective? That's a great point. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, and I would say um, if, you, if you want your child to grow up to be in a compliant adult, that's very different than an effective adult. And, and when you think about it that way, you know, a, a parent can see w- – Effective means that when they grow up and they go out into the world, they can live on their own. <laughs> so that's your ultimate goal, right? But but as a kid, when you're when your your kid is at home, especially young, your goal is not to effectively change behavior. It, it, your goal is to be an effective parent. And some behaviors you may have to stick with it for years. That's the definition of being a child is that they don't learn things one time. And so effective doesn't mean that how do I get them to clean their room? Um, And if they actually clean their room, then I'm effective. What effective means is that you've got on the inside a relationship with your child that you, you feel close, you get joy from, your child is growing up healthy and happy, which does not mean not messy. Right. <laughs> um, and that you generally um, are happier when you're effective. And if you think about it from, uh, uh, you know, at work, there are a lot of things that effective is a long-term process. And there are some things that it's a short-term process. So you've got to think of um, what your goal is. If your goal is that your child cleans their room, that's pretty easy. But if their goal is your child learns the responsibility to clean your room, well, that requires more than just making a child do something. Yes, and, that's, that's so good. 
And when you are, for example, you're mad and you're talking to your child with an angry tone and you're telling them what they forgot to do and they're getting them to do it, you may have been effective at getting them to do it, but you're ineffective at teaching them anything. If anything, what you may have taught your, your child at that point is my parent is unhappy and that's my job. And then, you know, that how that translates in relationships is you've got a kid who seeks out someone that they need to work real hard to make happy. And you wonder why they take that person. And you're like, well, because every single time they didn't do what you needed them to do, you got mad. They didn't learn responsibility. They learned, oh, I my job in the world is that when other people are unhappy, I make them happy. And and so uh, the word effective, uh, it, now that I'm hearing how many different ways I'm using it, it is a challenging word. I, I think that you've you've got to be open-minded to what your goal is. And, and ultimately, parents often forget their goal is to raise healthy, happy, responsible kids. And the way to be effective at that is to let go of the goal of, oh, I just want compliance. I just want them to do what I ask. Children are often not going to do what you ask because they're children. Right. That's just not the way it works. I don't do what my spouse asks me, asks me to do all the time. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I don't get away with that around here. Mickey <laughs> needs a bigger whip, man. Well, you know, I think to to stereotype dads, dads may be the ones that are looking for compliance, are looking for, hey, these are the 10 things I asked you to do. These 10 things got to be done. But the thing I would challenge every dad, and you probably wouldn't do this in front of your kid or in front of your spouse, but in any moment, you can write down 10 things that you've been are on your list of things I need to do in my life that you haven't done. And, right. and the, so if you're willing to see how um, you're not walking the walk, the point of that is that the walk is the problem. It's not that you're supposed to be doing everything you're supposed to do in your life. Human beings don't work that way, but neither do children. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I love that. Oh, such good stuff. Solid gold. Okay, Dan. All right. So, so much good stuff there. Let's move on to the second point. So we've talked, we just kind of talked so much about like, okay, how do you kind of look at yourself and look at those areas that you might be resistant? And now let's move into, we have a lot, a lot of families in our, in our bonfire membership program that listen to this podcast that are in our foundations course that are just one of the spouses is not on board. They are closed off. They're like, I'm not interested in learning about that positive parenting stuff, or um, they're not interested in doing any personal development work or self-growth, and they really are resistant to it. And, and for, obviously, you know, a ton of different reasons. Um, and so we get a ton of questions around like, what do you do? I mean, I just did a poll in my bonfire membership group and I was like, Hey guys, what do you want me to teach on next? You know? And I gave them all these ideas. And one of them was, 
what if you and your spouse are not on the same page and you're feeling this like they're they're super resistant to learning and trying new things um and it was like crazy it was it was there was no competition everybody wants to learn about that and we have like over 200 members now um so what do you like what is your thoughts for you know if if someone's listening and they're like i'm doing the learning i'm open like i'm i'm like give me all the life coaching, give, take, sign me up for the weekend course. But my spouse like is like, no way. That's just not my thing. You do it. And, and, and then, and then some of them add, add on a layer of like, not only is it not my thing, but every time you try to do something new, I'm going to F with you. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to point out every time it doesn't work perfectly. And I'm going to say to you, great. looks like it's working great great like ha you know or or like um wow like that's like this mess you've created this like there's just so much drama around this so I feel like the feelings can rise up super big when someone just wants someone to open up and we know obviously from the freedom to be your infinite life course that it doesn't work when you try to make people change so what do you what guidance do you have for the listeners who have that person in their life that's that is just super resistant to a lot. Um, what do you recommend? Well, I know um, that when I'm teaching someone or coaching someone, what I'm teaching them, the tools are never for anyone else. The moment that you learn something and you go home to a stressful environment, if you have children, it's going to be stressful, whether it's fun stress or crazy stress, it's stress. And and the moment you go home and you try to teach someone a tool you learned, you have, if you've got a, a spouse or that is resistant, you already know. And when you try to teach them anything, you just strengthen their resistance. I would tell, I would say and I had to go through this experience myself. Um, I was in a situation where I I was um, getting a divorce and I wanted to create a really healthy situation. And we ultimately did. It was beautiful what we were able to create. But it took me a year. And the rule that I had for myself for a year, I said yes to anything my ex-wife asked. And uh, that sounds crazy, but the reality is um, I was allowed to say no if I really was a no, but in a year I said no zero times. And so what we worked through was her fear. She had no idea I was even doing anything, but I was saying yes. And so, and, and it was specific to my circumstances, but the point was my goal was that we would have a much more unified, happy, healthy relationship. And the way to get to that goal was not by teaching her anything. It was by being a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 with, with parents, like I, I can't tell you how many times I'll be talking to one or both parents and, you know, they've got kids and they're telling me what was going on in their life and they are hard on themselves because it's messy and they're stressed. And I'm like, of course it's messy and stressed. You're in triage all day long. You, you've got some beings that live in your house that if they're not watched constantly, they, they could burn it down. They're little people. It's stressful. 
Um, and so sometimes that argument that begins to occur between the spouse that's doing a lot of work and the parent that's not doing any work, th that just is kind of a pressure release because in reality, you guys are stressed out. Of course you're stressed out. But if you try to teach the resistant parent, you're just going to be teaching resistance. And what that resistant parent hears is often you're not enough or, or some version. And every human being has a core fear, more than one often, that can be boiled down to I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, I'm a fraud, I'm going to be alone. And these core fears don't go away. And nobody likes to talk about them in the moment. But the reality is when you are trying to teach a resistant parent, you're not, they're not going to hear you. And they're not going to tell you very often, oh, by the way, darling, I feel I'm not worthy when you say that. And I'd like to talk about that. Like that's, <laughs> that's yeah. not often yeah. what's going to happen. It's a reaction. And, right. it, and so um, you also and this is this is kind of bizarre to say, but you don't know what your child's path is. And if you look at children that have grown up and be adults that have changed the world and you examine what happened with their parent, it's often a, 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 a stressful or dysfunctional circumstance was the very light switch that went on for the child that became their passion for whatever they did. So, so yeah. if you've got two parents and they're parenting differently, don't assume that your child is going to be damaged as a result, you don't know. Your child may thrive and really understand the direction they want to go because they've seen two different ways to be a parent in the house. So, and that is kind of bizarre to say because in other words, what I'm saying to the parent that's doing the, the learning is it's for you. If your goal in the learning is to change your spouse, it's going to fail. But if your goal is to use the tools for yourself and you put no pressure on someone with resistance, over time, you might be amazed at what they'll do. But you do have to put up with the little comments here or there. But the truth is, we all have those comments on our head. You know, we, 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 the, yeah. the dad may be thinking, I'm not going to do that. That's dumb. And the wife might be thinking, well, you should be learning. That's dumb. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. it, it, it's just that one parent wants to be right, not to be right, but probably to cover up that feeling of things aren't going to be okay if I don't do it my way, whether that's resistance or not. But you got to give up the idea that the other parent is always going to be on the same page. And the, the reality is if the same page was that important, well, then quit learning. Get on the page, uh, the page right. of the parent. <laughs> Lowest common denominator, right? Yeah. Yeah. But Dan, and, and, okay, you got it. That was sarcasm. I don't really need <laughs> to do that. If for people that are taking notes right now. I know. Yeah. Don't yeah. do right. that. Sarcasm. But, okay, so clarify, though, the difference between inviting and asking. Like, because all, you know, 
at some, like, it's obviously with your infinite life and with the curriculum we teach, we always, we always want to invite people to come be part yeah. of the learning. So can you tell us the difference there between, and is it just your intention inside is like, Hey, you need to push like, so I'll say to my clients, um, can you invite them to watch, um, this, you know, this lesson or Terry and I have a bonfire dad's one or like, can you encourage them and show them when they're ready, they can push play by logging in here or whatever. Or obviously with your infinite life, we're all about just inviting people to join us on the weekends. Um, So tell us the difference there, because obviously we've learned from you that trying to make people change or thinking that they need to change doesn't work and it's not going to get them to say yes. Yeah, it is about inviting um, and the, it is about what's happening on the inside. Even I am not capable of not having an attachment to what someone says when I invite. I can feel that. I want them to say yes. But the, the key is I don't talk from there. So I'm going to feel that feeling. Yeah, I, I, I want them to say yes. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to feel it in my chest or my stomach, wherever I feel it. And, and the point of that is it naturally allows the feeling to be felt and it will ease. And you want to do that before you invite and, and you can tell in your tone often, even inside your head, is my tone a little desperate or a little demanding or a little stressed? Because your spouse or whoever you're inviting, they're going to hear your tone. And so if you can't invite from a place of, I don't need you to do this, or uh, if you don't come, you're going to ruin our child or you're going to ruin our life. Like if you're talking from that place, you're going to get a, an invitation that is not going to be received well. Okay. And so the, the key is to invite and be okay with no. Now, that doesn't mean you won't have feelings about it, but ex- expressing those feelings isn't going to get you what you want. And what you want is for the parent to be open to learning, too. And the way that you do that is you stay open to learning for yourself. Okay. If you, and so the invite is not the problem. I invite people all the time, but I'm okay with no. And I also don't assume a no is bad. I don't know. For example, if I get someone in a course room who's very resistant I'll honor that sometimes because I don't know what issue they're working through or how this may be important to their own character development. We all have dark times in our life that can be very important for our growth. And so resistance may even be spiritual or more mysterious than just a no. So be okay with a no when you invite. Ultimately, If you do the work on yourself, things will change. The invite will become more um, easy to deliver and you'll be more okay with a no. But be okay with a no no matter what. No matter what, be okay with a no. Um, And that's harder, you know, easier said than done. Um, But if your goal is that it's ultimately a yes, being okay with a no is more likely to get you a yes. Oh, this is so powerful because it's so true. I mean, I've been experiencing this for 
I mean, I've been involved with your infinite life work for, I think, eight years, nine years now, almost a decade. And I've seen this with other people. I've seen it with myself. Like it's, if it's, everything is so true that you're saying, but I love that you're, you're not saying the feelings aren't going to be there. And like you said, in, and I think we were talking about point number one is like, make sure you feel those feelings, which is definitely going to be some fear. And then obviously yeah. if they say no, maybe sadness or anger, um, or hurt. Right. But like, yeah. and, and so that's something we work really hard on in the bonfire. And obviously at your infinite life is that ability to feel the feeling all the way through, um, without it, you know, then, then moving on to your next action step. But I love that because it is, it's so scary and it's so hard. It can be so sad and so hurtful. We have a, a lesson within our bonfire community that I built just for the grandparents that like, I just love on them so hard and, and thank them, right, for everything that they've done and invite them to learn more. But it's like so many grandparents have been asked and they say no. They say I have nothing to do with that. And, <laughs> and I know these parents are just like, it's so hard for them. So I think this is going to be so important for family. It's just so many people, whether it's their spouse or their parents. It's just or it's just fantastic, Dan. It's One great. thing. I definitely want want to say um, it, it, for the person that is the one that's willing, ask yourself and answer this honestly. Do you like the other parent just the way they are? Because if you don't, you're not their teacher. If you don't, you're not the one to invite. Because if you don't like them and accept them just the way they are, their experience of everything that you ask or want is filtered by that. And so it's really an inside job to recognize, do I need someone to be perfect to like them just the way they are? Because that's not how you treat your children. We often like them just the way they are. And when we're falling in love and we're making our commitments, we are fully aware uh, that our, our, our partner is not perfect. And we're totally okay with that. We like them just the way they are. And I'm not talking about loving them. I'm talking about liking them just the way they are. Right. And if you can really check in, a lot of times you'll discover when I'm inviting the, uh, my partner, I am not okay with the way they are. Well, that isn't fair. Because right. at any point in my life, from the day I'm born until the, the day I die, about 125, that's my plan, <laughs> I, at any one of those days, I'm going to be dealing with different issues in my life. They're never going away. I'm always going to have some small ones and some big ones. And if I'm only going to be liked when I've handled them all, I'm, I'm always going to be defensive around the people that don't like me. Right. In my house. And so you, you really have to fundamentally say, you know, life is not about I'm not expecting my child to be perfect. Why would I expect that from my spouse? And why would I expect it from my spouse when I knew these things going into a marriage that nobody is going to be perfect? Yeah. And so, you know, if you're inviting from a place of, oh, I don't like you the way you are, and here's a way for, for you to improve yourself, it's not going to happen. Oh, what you really good, want yeah. to do is like them just the way they are. I can't tell you how many times I've seen marriages suffer 
because one or both have gotten into this pattern of being really aware of all the mistakes and the, 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 the repeated mistakes that a spouse does. And it ends up being, oh, I don't like you because you don't do one, two, three, four. And, and if that's the place you're in, you're not going to get a yes. And if you get a yes, that's not going to be very fun because they're going to point out everything that's wrong with whatever it is you're doing. Right. And so <laughs> if you don't like your partner just the way they are, you're not in a place where they're going to say yes. Because an invitation that it's, hey, you know, honey, on a scale of one to ten, I think you're operating at about a three, and I'd like to offer some improvement for you. Right. That's oh a, my gosh. And, and if that's the way you're feeling and thinking on the inside, that's what the invitation is. And so it, before you judge, you handle that. And, and that's hard to handle. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Well, and that's, per, you just like summarized point number three, which was, just, is this paradigm shift, right? It's, is you, you kind of like, before you get into personal development work or life coaching work or, or positive parenting curriculum, it's kind of all in the same village. Um, you really do think like, oh, my kids are crazy. They're a problem. Or my spouse is like so resistant. He's the problem. Or my boss is insane. Like, and you see it in this filter. And then you, once you have this paradigm shift of like, 
oh my gosh, it's, it's me that I'm the one that needs to just work on my own heart and soul and get some support and realize that a lot of times I'm allowing that to irritate me so deeply or it's the relationship, right? So I think you summarize Or it, you're, you're the only one that can hold the key to yourself. It, you know, it might not be that you, it, it's you that's doing everything, but you're the only one that can really say yes to the invitation openly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's so uh, common for parents to have messy lives. And a lot of times, if they could even just tap into a sense of humor about it, right. um, <laughs> because if, if your child does something outlandish, it's funny. It may not be funny to you in the moment, but it's going to be funny when you're talking about it. Why not be able to see that quicker? Because it will take the edge off. And I, I can't emphasize enough that when you're a parent, you're going to experience incompetence. I mean, right. how can you not? And if you can't get on the same page of liking each other, even though both of you are doing something with a lot of mistakes and incompetence, then don't expect to be the one that can get your partner to drop their resistance. Because why would they? Yeah. And I love it. And it's like, just be, just focus on yourself. That's the big takeaway is just stop focusing on them and just focus on yourself. And at the same time, keep working on just upping your unconditional love of the people around you in your life. Like, that's another, you know, it's, it's, that's what we teach parents, right? It's like, love your kids unconditionally. Make sure that they know that you don't think that they're good when they behave well and they're bad when they behave bad. It's like, you, they always are loved unconditionally, even in the times when they make really big mistakes, right? And that is such a practice and it's such a paradigm shift for parents because, um, you know, traditionally it's like, you know, well, when you're good, you can come sit on my lap and I'll tuck you in and give you kisses. And when you're bad, you go to bed early without dinner, you know, like, or whatever it is. Well, but and married couples end up in that situation where <laughs> you're bad lasts all day. Right. Yes. And, you know, that is a cost, not just to the relationship, but just to the joy of a normal, crazy, stressful day. Right. Yes. Yes. I, well, and I love the sense of humor. Like I always say for my bonfire families, I, sh I really want to build like a whole lesson for one of the months around humor because it it's so important. It really is. And I think it's such an underutilized tool. Um, but I know, I mean, it's so beautiful how you literally bring humor into the life coaching course rooms. That is like, it's so fantastic. That's why I love being in a course room when you're teaching because you help us remember that it's just, it's funny sometimes. I mean, well, you it have... can take the power out of like some of these, these instances that don't, don't seem funny or seem like a crisis and maybe they really are a crisis, but if you can, if you can kind of just, like you said, Dan, just accept that life's going to be messy no matter what. And, and it's all in how you approach it. And especially if you're doing it in partnership with someone else that you can say, you know, oh, here we go. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, Wendy's, um, you know, uh, Stella's birth was a great example for us of like, 
you know, it was gnarly. And there was a lot of like serious moments and emergency C-section and 36 hours of labor. But then by the time, like, you know, we lived in that hospital for, you know, five or six days and, you know, Stella was under the jaundice lights and people were walking in for appointments at 3 a.m. We just have, at a certain point, just had to laugh at everything or else, you know, it's like, oh yeah, of course, the appointment's at 3 a.m. Yeah, perfect, great. And it was kind of like, you know, what else is going to happen? And I think so much of that just took the power out of um, the situation at hand and just made us a more solid, you know, partnership with one another. And we were just able to laugh. Yeah. Well, I even think about Stella's fierceness and how necessary and lucky she was to have that even from birth. Yeah. You know, we we yes. just don't know, you know, the all of the different facets of our children and how they may serve them. And, you know, sometimes those very things will create all kinds of turmoil for us. But it's a quality that over time is going to serve them beautifully. Yes. And and so liking them, even in the face of any kind of behavior, fundamentally, when we ask ourselves, am I happy or do I need other people to be different to be happy? Well, if you need your spouse to change, if you need your kid to change, you're not learning the tools that Wendy and Terry are teaching you because the the tools are going to be used so that you can be okay with who you are. That's what allows for growth. And you can be happy without needing the world to be different. Um, I think Joseph Campbell coined the phrase, joyful participation in the sorrows of the world. You, you every day of your life are going to be faced with sorrow, fear, uncertainty, economic uncertainty. And if you are waiting for certainty or security to, to like your life, you could be waiting your whole life. And so often when parents want someone else to change, like on a real feeling level, they're feeling powerless. You know, they're feeling out of control and it's like, yeah, so's your other, um, so's your partner and their response is resistance that makes them feel secure and your response is to learn, but you're still doing the same thing. Oh, I'm learning, but it's not going to be okay until you change. It's like, yeah, that it, it, you're already off track the moment that you think my happiness or my serenity depends on uh, other people changing. That yeah. is, you know, you're giving up a lot of reward from what you're doing and what you're creating um, because you're worried, you know, you're focused on that. Uh, yeah. Susie Walton tells a great story that kind of reminds me of this. Um, and then I'm going to wrap us up. We've got one more point, but I, we pretty much talked about it. We can talk about it here in a second. But Susie tells a story of like, um, there was a mom and dad who, um, you know, they were, uh, mom was kind of trying to be kind and respectful with, um, the t- I think it was like a teenage daughter or tween or something. And she was, you know, trying to like respond in a way that wasn't freaking out and yelling at her. And dad came in one day. And he just, like, freaked out, yelled at this girl and, like, sent her straight to her room. And they just had this awful interaction. And the dad went up and just, like, 
like slammed the door and like laid in his bed and the mom was just like so frustrated and she was just like dude what like thinking to herself like when is he gonna freaking change like this is not gonna work to like influence this teenage girl to do what you want like all these things in her head right like she's just gonna start lying and hiding things from you and she said um I think she might have asked herself like what was the most what's the most loving thing that she could do for herself or in this situation when she's feeling so yucky and she just thought like I just I need a hug um and so she went up and I don't know why this story makes me cry but she went up and she decided just to like lay down next to him and hug him and not say anything and I guess like the story and Susie is like the queen of stories like she's the best stories in the world but she said she didn't say anything she just hugged him and he said oh my god thank you so much how did you know that I needed that. Like, I'm just, I'm so sad about this whole situation and I'm trying to change, but it's just really hard for me. And um, it was just like this beautiful story that she didn't need to change anything. She didn't need to make him change. She just, she just, she needed a hug and she just took care of herself and, and just decided to love on him and make sure he knew that he was loved unconditionally, even though he kept doing this behavior and I just think that kind of wraps it's a story that wraps up our conversation really nicely it totally it does it's so it's so true when when you can look at someone and love them and like them and just touch them no words you're very likely going to open their heart yes I love that and that's (sighs) the place where you know change can occur but again even in that moment you're not doing it for the change right you're you're seeing this other person even if they don't look like they're judging themselves for their mistakes they probably are yeah and, you know and so if you do what that's what Susie describes in this story that often takes resistance and it just drops away yeah. And it's such it's so courageous because like I know that I know that mom sitting on that stairs was res- the resistance in her head was going strong. Like, don't go hug him. He doesn't deserve to be hugged right now. You know, like he's he needs to know, you know, like and then she had to probably be like, no, no, no. Come on. What do you like? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like the resistance is often so it's inner. It's outer. It's everywhere. Damn. <laughs> But, oh my gosh, it is. Okay, so I'm going to wrap us up with this last just kind of overview that I know maybe Terry, you just this idea of opening up, um, you know, to learning and growing and will help you not just in areas of your own family, but in all areas of your life, Terry. So maybe you can wrap us up with that point. Yeah, so let's um, let's just assume that somebody's here listening and whether they were invited to listen and they said yes, or whether, you know, they were already, the door was halfway open. Um, You know, we we talk a lot um, in parenting-centric scenarios, but sometimes people want to, you know, say, well, you know, I kind of have that under control or I'm I'm doing good enough. How, How would opening up or saying yes help you in all areas of your life, in your opinion, Dan? Because sometimes people need to, to hear that, how, you know, Wendy and I have experienced that this isn't just limited to just your relationship with your kids. Um, you know, for me, so much of what I've learned is, you know, you see it out in the world, you see it in the workplace. So I think sometimes I'm shedding a little light around that. Um, what, what's your, your message there? Um, uh, probably the best thing to do is say yes. Yeah. Often, uh, you know, I, I learned with my son that 
one of us was always going to be teaching. And probably the smartest parenting moments I ever had was to recognize when it was time to let him lead. Dad, do you want to play? I think about it. I'm a person that I'm an immediate no. Dad, right. do you want to buy? Do you want a bite of this? No, I hadn't even thought about whether or not I would like a bite of it. It's just a no. Yes, and, me too. And so, a, a lot of times, just yes is going to lead. The, the problem with yes is it messes up the status quo. Now things mm. can happen that your ego interprets as, as well. I don't like unpredictability. You know, I like predictability. Yes can lead to unpredictability. Just understanding that yes can create some turmoil, that it's healthy, alone is enough. So uh, my my mantra in my marriage is if my wife says, do you want to go do something? I'm going to say yes. You know, and that doesn't, of course, it's not 100% of the time, but it's more, uh, uh, I'm more on top of it when I can tell my knee-jerk reaction is no. So that that works for me. And I would say for, for most people, yes opens up a different doorway in your heart and your mind than a no does. And so a, it, it, just an overall of a yes attitude. Yeah. Yes. And, and I love thinking about that out in the workplace and with your extended family and like just all these, I know people and this is going to like jack people up as the final like thing because people I know are listening going, but what about this? But what about that? But what about boundaries? What, you know, all this stuff that I know Pam Dunn, the owner of Your Infinite Life, gave us a one week assignment to say yes pick one person. It was like a random person that we had chosen. And our assignment was to say yes to them like all week. And we all like started flipping out. We were like, no, 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 no. You, we cannot like da, ba, ba, ba. And then we did the exercise and it was like phenomenal. Um, so, but I love the idea of just like, yeah, like what, what would that look like? And just start to get curious around it. And it really does. Like when you are open to learning in one area, whether it be the positive parenting curriculum or the personal development or starting to look within or saying yes to a coaching call or a weekend course, like it starts to open up more doors where you you are able to say yes to more and you don't instantly do the knee-jerk reaction of no. Um, and that can be really beautiful in all of our lives. But so awesome, Dan. Okay, so if where can listeners find you if they want to learn more, if they want to get into a weekend course with you, if they want to, you know, maybe do some one-on-one coaching with you, tell us, tell them where they can find you. Um, moving forward. I'm online at, uh, it's just my my first initial last name, D. Civils. It's S-I-V as in Victor, I-L-S. Um, Dan Civils, you can search uh, Your Infinite Life. You can find me through there as well. Um, And I got to tell you, I agreed to do this because Stella's going to run the world one day. Yeah, (laughs) this is a good move. You guys are awesome. But, you know, I just want to make sure she knows I'm I'm on board. Oh, my gosh. I (laughs) love that. This is a power move. (laughs) I'm, I'm not dumb. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You know what? I know one day she's going to grow up and I'm, I'm going to be like, you know what? Dan helped me really be a great mom to you because there have been things that you have said to me in the course room about Stella that just instantly like made me a waterfall of tears. And just like, I can think of like all these statements you've filled me up with over the years about me parenting Stella that just, I feel like have made me the mom that I am. So I love you, Dan. You're Thank you. Guys. <laughs> so much love for you. Oh, all right, guys. All right. Well, Thank thanks for, yeah, thanks for being here and um, we'll talk soon, Dan. All right. Bye-bye. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.